Well, guys, uh, as you probably noticed from the chairs behind me, today we're going to be doing things a little bit different uh, than we usually mainly do, be, um, primarily because of the topic we're going to be talking about today, and you'll see what I, I mean in a minute. But as you all know, we've been moving through a series called Doubt in the Storm, and we're starting to wind down this series. Uh, we still have two more weeks after today, and then we will be ending the series, and man, I wish I could say that when the series is over, so will all our suffering be over. Um, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, if that was the case, I'd end it today. Let's just finish today. Um, but I, I know, we, unfortunately, that will not be the case. For most of us, our suffering will continue right on like it always has. But that really wasn't the point of the series. The point of the series was to learn how to hang on for dear life in the midst of our suffering, even when it seems... And notice I said seems, seems like God doesn't care. And hopefully we've been learning that. That has been the goal of this series. And so far, we have been looking at different stories of how Jesus interacted with different people who were suffering. And we've been trying to draw out from those stories different life principles that we can apply to our own life. Um, but last week, we looked at our last, in a sense, Bible story, uh, John the Baptist. We finished that up last, last week. And today, we're going to be looking at a present-day uh, real-life story from our own church family. And I'm excited about today's time together because I think God's going to be teach us, teaching us a lot from the people who will be sharing practical things that we can apply to our life. And I'll get to that in, in a bit. But all throughout this series, I've been likening our times of suffering to storms, uh, storms that each of us are going through. Uh, the wind is, is blowing and raging and the waves are crashing and it's ugly and it's fierce and it, it's, it's dark and it's scary. And, and you know, in our storms, we just don't know if we're going to make it through or not. And these storms of life are real. But something I got to thinking in the midst of the series was, was the whole aftermath of the storm. We've been focusing a lot on the storm, but we haven't really talked about the aftermath. And I realize that each storm is different, the aftermath can be different, but today what I want to do is I want to zero in on the aftermath of a storm where the storm ends with a death, ends with a death. For instance, let's say that you, you have a loved one who's suffering with cancer or any kind of disease for that matter, and the storm is long and it's drawn out, and you see the person suffer, and and wither away into this frail shell of humanity. And, and day after day, you, you try to take care of them, and you, you serve them, and you help them. But really, in all reality, you can't do a thing. You're just helpless. And you can't take away their pain. You can't fix the situation. You just sit there, and you endure the pain, and you endure the suffering with them. But you know that the end is coming, and it may be sooner than later. And it's horrible. It, it's devastating. There's no other way to put that. But that is your storm. And eventually the day comes where your loved one dies. They pass away from this life into the next. And technically your storm is over. That person is no longer suffering. That person is no longer in pain. It's over. And that's what I want to talk about today. This point in our lives, when the storm blows through and it's over, but you walk out of your house and you see all the devastation. You see, trees are down. The roof is blown off. Car is ruined. House is almost completely destroyed. The storm may be over, but when you face the aftermath, it almost takes your breath away. 
And sometimes for many people, the aftermath of the storm is actually worse than the storm itself. You wake up the next day to the reality that your loved one is no longer here. You can't, you can't hold them. You can't let them hold you. You can't talk to them or listen to them. You, you, you can't laugh with them. They're gone. And whether you like it or not, life as you once knew it is over. The aftermath of the storm. And I, I want to address these times in, in our life because they are incredible times of suffering that unless you've gone through it, you really don't know what it's like. Now, of course, I could try to talk about it and explain it and tell stories about it, but I thought that to truly understand this reality, we need to talk to people who are going through it right now. Um, they are literally experiencing the aftermath of their storm at this very moment. And the two we're going to be talking to today, talking to today haven't even gone through the one-year anniversary of their loved one's passing. They are both in the thick of it. Now, I must warn you, uh, this could get a little raw. Uh, it could get very emotional up here. The emotions could flow. In fact, they've been asked by others if it might be a little soon to be doing what they're doing today. I mean, shouldn't you wait until you have more of a handle on life and your emotions? And the answer to that is, maybe, yeah. But in my opinion, no one speaks with more honesty and more passion than the person who's going through it at the very moment. And these two individuals that I'm going to have come up here um, are really going through it. So yes, it may be raw. But you know, we're kind of used to that here at Whitestone, aren't we? Just being raw. And, and I like that because the reality is if this can't be a place where we can be vulnerable and we can be real and we can show where we're hurting and suffering, then what's the point of church? We need to be a place where we can, we can don't have to have our exterior completely perfect. We can be raw with each other and still love each other. Amen? The reason I've chosen these two is because, in my opinion, they are remarkably handling the aftermath of their storm. They are doing the right things in the midst of their suffering as they hang on for dear life. Has it been hard? Well, you better believe it. Uh, sleepless nights, tear-filled days. But they, these two are clinging to Jesus in the midst of it, and God is helping them one day at a time just work through the aftermath of their storm. And these two are just great examples to me of what I want my life to be like when I have to face this in my life. <clears throat> because I, I know, you know, as a pastor, this is not always the outcome that happens when people face aftermath. Sometimes the aftermath of storms can consume people and destroy them. And it, this has not been happening to them, and so I know we're going to be blessed by it. To begin with, I'm going to be speaking to a man by the name of Tom Malazzo. Now, Tom and Nikki have been part of Whitestone for many years. Uh, they were mainly first service attenders, so you guys may not know them. Uh, two incredibly delightful people. Nikki used to help Katie Newman with all the decoration of the church and did an amazing job. Uh, Nikki helped with the women's ministry. Um, she helped decorate for big church functions. I mean, she did a lot of things. And I mean, basically, now that I think about it, Nikki did everything, and Tom just kind of sat at the cafe and looked good, I guess, is what, what his, his part of the, his role in this. But about three years ago, Nikki was diagnosed with breast cancer, and her and Tom fought it for two long years. Uh, long days, uh, difficult nights, lots of pain, lots of suffering, and they battled through two years 
of this, this storm. But eventually, the day after Thanksgiving, we're coming up on this one-year anniversary, the day after Thanksgiving, Nikki left this earth and went home to be with her Lord. And Tom has been dealing with the aftermath of that storm ever since. And I want us to learn from him and how he has been working through it and what things um, has he been suffering with, but what things is he doing in his life to, to be able to cope with it and deal with it. And so could we please just welcome Tom as he comes up to the stage here. Let's give him a big round. mentioned this in first service, but Tom could be Joseph Stalin's little brother. Looks just like him. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to break Thank the you. ice, Tom. Cause, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Um, Tom absolutely loves public speaking. He's been looking forward to this all week long. So, no, this is way out of his comfort zone. So, thank you, Tom, for doing this. But as I mentioned, um, I wanted to just ask you, you're, you're going through the aftermath of of Nikki going home to be with the Lord, and I know you're missing her like crazy. I know it's been incredibly difficult, but Tom, I know a thousand things that probably you're suffering with, but what are, what are some big things that have just hit you between the eyes that have just been incredibly hard? It would be the loneliness is a big thing, and being afraid because um, you're out of your comfort zone, and to me, it's kind of like a, I lost my identity as a as a guy. As a, we were a couple, you know, it was Tom and Nikki, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, that lonely. I am alone now. It's let's which, let's break that loneliness down. I mean, where where did it does it hit you the most? She was a decorator, and we have a lot of things in our home. I had, which was reminded of a little bit ago. We did have some, you know, a couple of years to sort of say goodbye. So it was very, in that sense, is it's a blessing. It was a very wonderful gift to have that time together. But because of her decorating, our home is just filled with her stuff. And and I used to tell her, you know, wow, it's going to be tough to to stay here and look at all of this. And you always say it's like a Nikki museum. Yeah, it was like yeah. it's her museum. Well. The irony of it is that doesn't bother me, maybe because we discussed it, but it's the little things that are become the big things, those moments of heartache and hurt and, and that. Um, for example, she passed away right after, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and that, and that was her favorite holiday. <clears throat> And all of a sudden, we know Christmas is coming. I have seven grandchildren. It's like, what do I do now? I mean, even like a Christmas tree, you know, all all sorts of things. And with the grandchildren, I never bought presents. I mean, I I never did any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm finding myself finding cards, and she had a real way with her Bible knowledge, Scripture, little notes and things. And, well, here I am. I can't... uh, can't do that. Can't do that stuff. Um, so yeah, that that little stuff there, the little incidentals in the house. You go to uh, to the grocery store. You're walking through pick and save, and you're you're crying because oh yeah, I always used to buy this and and get that, you know, or get on the phone and say hey, do you want you know something special? Um, things like that. 
mowing the lawn in the, in the yard. You're outside. I love summer. She loved it even more. Working in the, her flower garden and her pots and her plants and things. And here I'm the only guy in the block who's cutting grass and is crying. I mean, it's... Yeah. Everywhere you look, it's, you see that. Tom, you've mentioned to me before how Nikki would... And I know it's a small thing, but she would, like, make the bed and pull back oh, the covers for you. exactly. You know, I was working at any time. We were working on a week, and it's like, you can, you know, bed's ready. I mean, I, she just did it. You know, she'd fold over the sheet and the quilt, and it's, I don't know. I mean, you'd climb in. About, and those are things you miss. Yeah. Yeah, every day. Would you say night's the hardest for loneliness? or? Night? Yeah, nights and mornings are very very difficult. I mean, we have family and friends and everybody's great, but when you are, you know, alone, um, your mind can go to dark places and, and yeah, it's very difficult. Well, you mentioned fear. How has that been affecting you? It's just the fear of the the unknown. It's kind of like you ask yourself, am I ever going to be happy again? Am I going to laugh? Am I going to do some some things that once again we take like the bed you take these things for granted i mean you're you're in a you're in a dark place yeah yeah how about the identity thing explain that well the identity right, thing, let's back up to that fear thing sorry i cut you off but that fear of is that kind of overwhelming at times of wondering like is it ever going to get better i mean is is this pain ever going to leave i mean does that hit you pretty hard Oh yeah, you, you think about that. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm I'm kind of I wouldn't say a jokester, but just I do. You're a jokester. Silly things, yeah. and we and she would play into it. I mean, it, all of those things um, in, in the in the home. It's like you see the things there. I miss laughing. I miss her laughter. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Let's go to the identity thing, Tom. I know you, you mentioned how, you know, it's always been Tom and Nikki, and now it's not Tom and Nikki. So how has that been impacting you? Well, with friends and things, they invite you to do things. You kind of feel like the odd person out. Um, your identity is different. People kind of sometimes treat you differently. You know, they don't want to, you know, I, and I, I understand it. But I like talking about her, you know, and the identity sure. things. People, you know, say, well, maybe we should stay away from that because uh, whatever, bring up bad memories. And I look at... That Is it kind of like Tom when you, you come in, it's like, oh, here comes Tom. Let's, uh, you know, that sort of feeling like... Yeah, and maybe it's in my head, but yeah, but you, you feel do that. feel that. You, sometimes you do feel that. Okay. Um, and that's... You know, like I, said, I could add, it, you're, it's a very uncomfortable. You feel sure. um, lost in your own skin, so to speak, in your own life. Well, I mean, when you think about it, in marriage, the way God designed it, two becomes one, and when that one gets ripped away, it's hard to find yourself. Who are you anymore? Right. And in your situation, you mentioned this at first service. Nikki was like the life of the party. Everybody do Nikki. Who's Tom? You know. Right. Exactly. And so. Kind of. You know. Right. Oh, you brought him. 
Yeah. But yeah, those things like that, and and you're sitting there in that fear and that loneliness at night. It, I guess, in first service, it's surgically, but it's not true. It's like a part of you was ripped out. I guess is a more appropriate thought of that. I mean, whether a big chunk is gone. Let's put it that way. Being honest, it's 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 a big piece is gone. It's missing. There's a big hole there. Now, I know just in these three things you've mentioned, this, this could consume any person. Literally, like a black hole, swallow them up and want to just finish them. What are you doing, Tom? And I think practically, I think it's good for you to share with What are some practical things that you're doing in your life to just fight that, to, to get through each day? Mentally, when, when that... Tough, tough time coming. You almost put on the armor of God. You have to think of God's blessings, the gift of her life, the gift of our marriage, and those things. I, for one, if I go there and I stay there, I'm done. I, w- I would never climb out of that, that hole, that pit. So I need to not stay there. I mean, I can't help myself because my mind is there. It's at sure. that point sometimes. And then being engaged, and even through her illness, you know, I gotta go to church. Go, like they say, don't forsake the assembly. I need to be with believers. I need to be enforced. I can't hide out. And when people invite you to do things, you know, I was invited here for that Mexican dinner, and you ended up being my date. (laughs) That wasn't that much fun. But anyway, (laughs) um, it's that kind of stuff, you know, but. You just, when people offer to, you know, come over or, or let's do something or, you know, I, do it. Don't, don't stay home. Because yeah. the, the tendency is to say, no, thank you, but exactly. I'm just going to exactly. isolate myself. Yeah. And uh, like I say, at time, my, my wife would encourage that too, you know. I don't want you just sitting around here. It's like, yeah, easy for you to say. But, I mean, it, it is a physical, mental effort to do something because um, it is easy yeah. and uh, it's a tough tough thing there so I know you're part of a men's Bible study every week on Wednesday that's the thing that you force right. yourself to go to with we you. have the Bible study on Wednesday night now they started this quarry I'm engaged with that these guys have become my really good friends I have breakfast with them, a group, a couple guys on Thursday we do Saturday I mean they don't know it but they're my support group and uh, sharing the Lord, sharing God's word, sharing just daily things. Um, <clears throat> like I say, you, you don't think you're ever going to laugh again. And, and I don't even know what we were laughing about. Yesterday I was having breakfast with one of the guys and I don't know what we were laughing about, but that it, it was the hardest I've laughed in a year. Wow. I mean, and that was, that's a blessing. And that's that a was gift. Like, that yeah. was a gift. Um, and I think something I've learned that at the end of the day, you have your devotional or say your prayers and, and think of things in the morning. But at night, dig deep sometimes, real deep. But there's a blessing and a gift in today for something, um, something good. God did something good today. He always does, but we need to look for it sometimes. But it's there. It's, it's there. No matter how bad it is, you either met somebody mm-hmm. Whatever. I mean, 
you, you need to seek it out, though. Okay. So what else have you been clinging to to just make it through day by day? Well, family and friends and staying engaged. Like I say, the biggest thing is doing things, staying, staying active it, with it. I mean, it's crazy. I have a, we have a big, I have a big dog. The dog is, you know, he fills that house up when I come home. His head's in the window. Those things help. It sounds trivial, sure but it's, it's enormous, yeah. you know, at times. Um, and, and the other thing that I really, it's kind of like you build your foundation in preparation, but um, I know now, you know, that lonely, I'm never alone. I am absolutely never alone. I know the Lord is with me 24-7. I just would just like the good things and the blessings. I need to seek it, look for it, you know. So you cling to the promises of God's word? Ab- absolutely. Um, and, and I believe in those things. And, and the identity, the more I, you, know, you think about things and sharing things, and I do have an identity. God knows exactly who I am what I'm doing and what I'm going through. Um, I want to stop you right there and just kind of talk to us as a church. You know, as a, right there is an act of faith. You know, we've talked about faith as believing in the unseen reality of God and, and his kingdom. And for Tom to take the promises of God's word that I am with you, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. For Tom to live life like God is always there, he's never alone, that's faith. That's living out your faith. That's awesome, bro. <clears throat> Sorry, I cut you off. No, but, I mean, it is, it is that. I mean, and like I say, I, I know my identity is with the Lord, you know, no matter what is going on, you know. Um, Tom, and I just want to kind of end with this, if I can. And, but a lot of times, we, when we, we get around, like you said, we act weird around you. We don't know. Here comes Tom. What do we say? I don't know what to say. This is uncomfortable. What are some things that you can kind of give us as encouragement or just advice to how do we, what things should we do to help people who are going through what you're going through? What would be an advice that you would give? Um, Come alongside of them. I mean, something that you had preached, I don't know, prior to all this. Sometimes you don't have the words to say show up, be there, be a friend, be a companion. Um, this church, the community here has been awesome. I, I, I have no idea other than the Lord. This is, this is it. I mean, it is a shelter from the storm. Um, and when people you, you reach out to them, I mean, I guess we need to build that unity in things when things are bad, we're, we're prepared to do that. I mean, I, for one, don't, am, am at a loss for words, like even right now. Um, would, you, would you say, like, would you be okay with somebody coming up and talking about Nikki to you, or is that kind of like an off-limits thing? Or, I mean, no. do you like it when that happens? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I like that. I think that... Um, Keeping it bottled up, number one, isn't good for me. And, and I think that I needed and I need help and strength from people right now. And, and maybe there's a slight chance that I could encourage someone else. I mean, 
Um, I need that fellowship. I need, that's why I'm, I, I'm with the Bible studies, with, you know, men and, the, and, and women of this church. It's been awesome, I mean, in that sense. I, um, sometimes, and it's hard, but take the focus off of Tom, put it on the Lord. Mm. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, Tom, I, I'm speaking for myself, but on behalf of all the Whitestone family, um, We've been watching you kind of weather through this aftermath and the suffering that you're going through, and it breaks our heart to see it. But I tell you, um, as your brother, I have been so incredibly impressed and blessed by how you've been holding on to Jesus' hand um, on a daily basis. And sometimes that's what your life is. It's day to day. You can't even think about the future. But you've been doing that, Tom, and that is an incredible example to the rest of us. And so... Thank you. Um, thank you for giving us a peek into your life right now and for being vulnerable and being real. And uh, I just know I can say this as a church. We love you very, very much, buddy. And so thank you for this. Let's, let's give Tom a... Well, the next person I'm going to be asking to come up here is Aaron Lottie. Um, Brian and Aaron have been part of Whitestone for several years, and they're normally, I think, third service attenders. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so second service, you guys have just kind of been in the middle. You don't know anybody. Um, but uh, Brian and Aaron have two incredible children, Calvin and Kayla. And Brian's story is similar to that of Nikki's. Uh, Brian was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he and Aaron fought long and hard to get rid of it and to fight it. Um, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, um, a long and difficult storm for the two of them, and not only just them, but for the kids. But eventually the day came where God called Brian home, and Brian died less than 10 months ago. And like Tom, Aaron entered into the aftermath of her storm. And... Now, the reason I chose Erin is because she's on the opposite side. Uh, she's got, she, Tom was the husband of a, of a wife. They didn't have kids. Erin is the wife of a husband who, who lost her husband, and um, she does have kids. And so some of the things that they deal with are similar, um, but some of the things that Erin is going through is different as a wife, and she faces different emotions. And so Erin um, is going to give us her perspective on this, and hopefully we can draw and learn from some of the stuff that you know, she's going through and some of the things she's applying to her life practically. And so let's all just welcome Erin up here onto the stage. <clears throat> Thanks, Erin, for being up here. Um, I know this is difficult, but uh, just kind of like I asked Tom, I wanted to ask you, when you entered into this aftermath of having lost Brian, um, your husband, your best friend, what, what things just hit you square in the face that were just so hard that you just faced day in and day out? Um, the hardest thing for me is my kids. 
Um, as you can see, they're still pretty young. My son was 14 when my husband was diagnosed. Um, it was, we knew it was pancreatic cancer, which we know is really deadly. Um, so Calvin went to a bad place pretty quickly. Um, he was on the internet and saw the odds, and um, even before Brian died, Calvin was starting to spiral downward. Um, and after Brian passed, it got even worse. Um, Calvin and Brian were really close. Uh, his dad was his baseball coach for years and years. Um, his fishing buddy, his hunting buddy. And so Calvin was watching this and his whole life was ripped mm. apart. And he has not done well with it. Um, turned to alcohol and drugs and really misbehaving. Um, and that's just ripped me apart to see him struggle. Um, but God has gone before us. Uh, my son is currently at a Christian boarding school, and um, he's being loved on by these amazing men who are there to rescue the lost. He's with a group of boys. They're all lost in one way or another, and, and God is just, he's got a plan for Calvin. I know that. It's just so hard to watch. It's, this is hard to go through with two parents, but to be alone in this has just got to be crushing sometimes really, really difficult. Um, but also, you know, knowing that, that Brian would fully support what I'm doing yeah. um, is, is good. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, is kind of on the opposite end. She is um, an amazing, inspiring, faith-filled little girl who is growing into a beautiful woman. Tell them what <laughs> she did for you last night. So I last think night, so cool. she knew I was going to be speaking today, and she, wa she didn't want to be here for all three services, plus <laughs> 7.30 is really early for a 13-year-old girl. Um, <clears throat> but she said, and this blows me away, just, oh, what a gift. She said, Mom, we were getting ready for bed. She said, I want to pray for you for tomorrow. And I can't tell you the number of times she's just encouraged me because she has such a strong faith and and she's hurting yeah. this is you know there's days we talk about things like dad won't be there to walk her down the aisle and you know she's she's struggling but she knows um even last night she was so sweet i told you about the whole um luke had done a a, a sermon on you know, this is, our time now is this one inch of electrical tape and the eternity runs through the um, forever. <clears throat> she said, Mom, we're halfway through that first inch. <laughs> <laughs> she said, well, maybe you're further along than I am. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but no, so her faith has been amazing, but it is hard, you know, she's struggling too. So what other things have... <clears throat> well, there's the, um, all the financial aftermath and all the paperwork and all the the death certificates the number of death certificates you need and the so it's like everywhere you turn everywhere you turn brian's you to, gone yeah, brian's he's gone. gone and you got to check the box widow and you're like seriously you want me to, i no <laughs> i don't want to check the box widow i don't you want, don't want that to widow. be your identity yeah yeah so it's it's dealing with all that and then um you know brian there was i always had a sense that he was my protector he was um, he's the man in the house. He was a hunter. We had guns in the house. I knew we were safe. Yeah. Um, 
And even when he would travel, I'd get a little nervous that he was out of town or whatever. But I remember thinking after he passed, I, I need to probably go buy a security system. Like, you know, I, I need to be safe. I don't feel safe. And um, God amazingly showed me that, no, you don't. Um, I am your shield. I am your strength. Uh, I was doing a devotional, Jesus Calling, and um, two days afterwards, the devotional is up here. You know, he says to me, um, entrust yourself to my watch, which is the best security system available. I mean, here I am thinking I have to buy a security system, and God says, no, you don't. I got this. I'm, you know, he's better than any security He's cheaper, system. too. Oh, way cheaper. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, what else? It's the um, coming to terms, terms with your own grief. I've been watching my children, and I've been trying to support them, but then finding that time to grieve myself, um, you know, knowing that at first when Brian was diagnosed, I would try to hide my tears from my children. I didn't want them to see my pain. I wanted them to see me as strong, and I learned that it was okay to cry in front of them, that actually that was good, um, because then they knew that they could cry too, and it was okay, it was safe um, to feel these feelings. Um, but it's that, I still remember the first night both kids were gone, they had sleepovers at someone's house, and I, it was a Friday night, and you know, we had finally gotten to the age where it was really nice to have both kids gone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, but it was the first Friday night where I was like, what do I do? Like, yeah. you know, I'm, it, it, it was such a, a you question. didn't have Brian there to enjoy the Friday night. Right. We alone. would watch a movie or, you know, just yeah. whatever. And, and, and he wasn't there. Um, thankfully I have a dog too. And she was, <laughs> and we watched a movie and I cried most of the night, but you know, I got through it and, um, but it's, it's also finding, you know, the, the right grief group, the right people to connect with. Um, we had an amazing group we found in Waukesha, Waukesha Healing Hearts. <laughs> Thank you, Walter. Um, it was a place where the kids and I could go and talk about our pain with other people who were in pain. Yeah. And that, it was amazing. God, again, the grief group started the Monday night after Brian's memorial service, which was on a Sunday. And, and it was just, you know, working through that pain. God orchestrated that. Yeah, you did. So, Aaron, speaking of that, what, what practical things are you applying to your daily life to be able to just navigate through this aftermath? Um, some of the biggest things are clinging, clinging to God's Word, being in the Word, um, being with my Bible study. I have a women's Bible study I've been attending um, for the past six years, and, and having those women um, just support me and pray for me and love on me. Um, I joined a life group here at Whitestone, um, so, which was, it was hard because Brian and I had been in a life group at our previous church, and all of a sudden to do this it's like what Tom said. It's <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the single now, and everyone yeah. in your life group is married, and you're like, okay, but okay. I, again, God made it really clear that that's where he wanted me, and, and I've been blessed already so much by these people. Um, but even, it, I remember Brian died on a Saturday night, and 
we came to church the next day and people looked at me, what are you doing here? You know, your husband just died. And I said, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else because this is my family. This is, I need to be with people who know the hope of heaven because that's what I have to cling to. So being around people is essential. Absolutely essential. What other things have you applied? Um, I know for me, uh, music, and I, I mentioned this earlier, if you've sat next to me at church, you know I'm tone deaf. I <laughs> cannot carry a tune. I was listening during second service because I wanted <laughs> I, to hear I'm that. horrible. It's, <laughs> it's my, not that bad, Aaron. Well, so my dad was tone deaf too, and he used to joke. He goes, well, I'm not singing for you people. I'm singing for the Lord, and he hears me fine. That's right. Um, but so music is really, it's touched me, and a friend of mine actually said to me, she said, when you're alone, don't, you know, have on Christian music, have on, it's the word of God through song, and because you can go to such dark places, especially when you're alone, and your mind can just circle through the pain that you're in, and, and so you just have to, you know, you're bringing in the light again through music, you're, it, it just reminds you who God is and that he loves you and he is there in your pain. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So Aaron, like I asked Tom, help us out. What, what are some things that we can do as a, kind of a church family or when we encounter people who are going through what you're going through? What are some things we can do that can practically really help and maybe even show us things not to do or whatever? <laughs> well, yeah, there's the everything's going to be okay, or God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yes, he does. So the little platitudes <laughs> don't help. <laughs> he gives you more, but he's, he is more. He is the more, right? Um, but it's the, just the gestures, the small gestures of kindness. It's the text message or the phone call to just kind of check on you, or it's the, hey, let's go have lunch. Um, you want to go for a walk with me? It's you know, letting me talk about him and share my stories. And he was a goofy, funny guy. And I'll tell you, you know, he'd tell his stories over and over. How the time he put the car in Green Bay on the ice and, you know, because he was out ice fishing and just crazy things he would do. But So let me stop you there. Do you mind if people come and talk about Brian to you? No, actually, I enjoy it because their story, especially with his friends that have known him for longer than I have, yeah. their stories I haven't heard yet. You know, oh, like he told me a lot of the stories, but, you know, it's fun to maybe hear Maybe he kept some story. away. Just to... <laughs> Probably the ones that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't have told me that one, but. <laughs> so anything else you can give us as advice? Um, well, like I said in first service, I, I still remember on Brian's birthday, which was in October, I knew it was going to be a hard day. Um, just missed him so much that day. And three different people had thought about that day. They knew it was his birthday, and they had sent me cards on his birthday. And it just touched me. It just was another reminder. It was another way of God saying, I love you. I see your pain, and I love you. And these are people loving me, you know, body of Christ, the right. body of Christ loving me. That's, cool. That's awesome. Aaron, like I told Tom, um, your navigating through this aftermath has been nothing short of amazing. Um, I have been so impressed to how even in the midst of your grief, you've been concerned about other people suffering as well. 
Um, very often I'll get texts from Erin saying, Luke, how are things going? I'm praying for you. And it just blows my mind that she would even think of other people. But that's, you've been doing that. And uh, um, as a church family, we just want to say we love you. We're so proud that you're part of our family group. And um, thank you for being an example to all of us as you have navigated through this. Um, and thanks for coming up here. Um, even when you don't have it all together, you're still navigating through it, but just giving us a peek into your life and being real and vulnerable. So thank you. Let's give Aaron a big round. Thank you, too. Uh, wow. Um, what incre- incredible examples you guys are. Um, working through your aftermath, and it's slowly but surely, and day by day. And I, I love that you guys are, are doing that, clinging to Jesus with every ounce of your strength. So thank you. I'm going to just wrap up with a couple things today. Um, and meeting with these two ahead of time and just kind of hearing them kind of process through this, something that stood out to me that I thought was very interesting is that, I don't know if you noticed this too, but two of their practical solutions that they incorporate into their everyday life are very similar. And it's that of the Word of God and being with people. And I want to talk about that for a second today. And I want to start with just because these are practical things that we should be doing in our own lives. And when we encounter this aftermath in our life, which I'm sure we will one day, we need to be doing it. And and number one is make sure we spend time with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And guys, we need to be about doing that. so important. In the loneliness and the loss and meeting with a lot of people who, who have suffered loss like this, the desire to pull away and retreat into isolation and loneliness is like a black hole. It's like a magnet that is just drawing you in and wants to consume you. And you must fight against that. That is the enemy's battleground because if he can get you alone, he can destroy you. But if you're with people, he cannot do that. You must remain in the community of the family of God. And these two have been doing that. And it's absolutely crucial that we do too. And here's why. You know, I mentioned how these two things are important, but they're also biblical. In Hebrews it says that let us not give up the meeting together as some, some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. Well, what does meeting together do? Well, we can encourage each other. I mean, that's huge. In the midst of, of their darkness and suffering, they need to be encouraged. And so when we encounter this, we, we need to be meeting with people to be encouraged. Not only that, guys, to remind each other of Christ's return. I think that's something that we as a church have fallen away from so much. I think in the early church, if you look at them, they talked about it all the time. They were just always talking about Christ's return and the hope of His return. And I think that's so crucial that we do that. In the darkness that we find ourselves in, guys, it is important to gather with other children of light. Um, We need light in our darkness, and God's children are exactly that. They're children of light. And children of light love to encourage one another and speak of Christ's return. And you know, that being said, it's important that we don't isolate light isolate ourselves, but rather we join up with others and and encourage each other, and as I said, remind each other of Christ's return. 
that is a huge encouragement in and of itself. Um, not only will Tom and Aaron get to see Jesus, which there's no comparison, but they're going to be reunited with Nikki and Brian. And I'm speaking on their behalf here, but I don't think you guys will ever get tired of talking about that. I mean, looking forward to that, that day. So people who are suffering alone, make sure you get with other people, other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't let the enemy single you out. Um, next thing both Tom and Aaron said was the Word of God was essential to their day-by-day journey in this aftermath, the promises of His Word. And guys, we need to make sure that we make the Word of God part of our everyday, um, which once again is biblical. If you look in Psalms, it says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my what? Path. You know, the reality of this is, is that when we get into the darkness of this aftermath, we're going to be on a path that many of us have never walked on before. We don't know what's coming. We don't have a file to draw from to say, oh yeah, this is what you do here, this is what you do you know, on this turn and whatever. No, the path is going to be dark. Well, it will be the Word of God that will give light to your feet and light to your, to your path. Um, the enemy wants darkness to surround you and overpower you, but God's Word is light. And listen to me here. Darkness cannot overcome light. Amen? It can't. So fill your life with God's Word. Cling to it. Quote it. Speak it out loud. Um, Now, I I will say that to sit down and study God's Word in the midst of your aftermath and your suffering may almost be impossible. It's so hard to do because it's exhausting. Grief is exhausting. And so that should encourage us, guys, that before we even enter into times like this in our life, we should be about the discipline of memorization. Applying ourselves to God's Word now. Learning it, studying it, so that when we do enter into these times of our life, we have it at ready where the Spirit of God can offer this, offer this Scripture, this Scripture, and can encourage us and give us the promises that we need. Now, notice with both of these things, guys, neither of these two things will be done for you. It won't just automatically happen. There is effort on your part. We must do them. And I say that because when you are going through the grief of your aftermath, inactivity can kill you. Inactivity can destroy you because the enemy will jump on that and and try to ruin you with your inactivity. There are things that we must do. We must apply, like I said about Tom, apply a life of faith. Believe God's Word and put it into action. And if you notice, both Tom and Aaron, they'll admit they may not want to do these things, but they know they're right and they're good. And so they apply themselves to do it because they know that they need light in their, in their darkness. And so Whitestone, let's apply ourselves to that. Let's develop habits in these two things right now. Even if we aren't going through the aftermath right now, let's train and prepare ahead of time to be ready for it when it does come. Because I promise you, it will come. And it will come for every single one of us. we are going to face the death of a very close loved one in in our life at some point or another. So let's apply ourselves to that. Tom and Aaron, thank you. Thank you for um, being real and honest with us this morning. And uh, I hope that what they shared was an encouragement and helpful to those of us who might find ourselves in a similar situation as we face this, or we might see this coming down the road to us.
Um, at this moment, what I thought I w- would do is, you know, sometimes I have people, you know, we come up on the stage and we gather around them, but there may be just too many of us today. But I wanted to just to pray for those in our midst who have lost a loved one. And whether it be a husband or a wife, a brother or a sister, a mom or a dad, or, or your child, or an aunt and uncle you're close to, grandma, grandpa, whatever it might be, a best friend, if you have lost a loved one in your life and you are dealing with the aftermath of that, I don't care how long it's been since they've, they've gone. My, my wife has lost two brothers. And there isn't a week that goes by where she doesn't go, I miss Caleb so much. I wish he were here right now. And so if, if, if that is you, it doesn't matter how far away it is or how long it's been, if you are dealing with the aftermath of losing a loved one, I want to encourage you to stand up right now. Just stand up. And as a church, we're going to pray for you. So just stand up right now. And when you're standing, um, if you see a person standing next to you, I want you just to reach out and just put your hand on them. And uh, we just want to pray, pray with you and for you that God would really comfort you right now. So if you see someone, put your hand over there on Daryl and just put your hand on someone there. Heavenly Father, um, death is just incredibly difficult. It is separation from the, the one that we love so much. And God, I'm convinced we were not created for death. We were created for life. So that's what makes it so hard. And God, I don't care how long it goes between the time of their death, that loss always hurts. And it's always painful. And so God, I want to pray for every person who's standing right now that You would wrap Your arms around them and that You would hold them and may You speak the words of comfort that they need to hear. God, You say in Your Word that You are close to the brokenhearted. And I know these people standing are brokenhearted. And so I pray that You would minister to them as only You, the faithful Creator, can do. And I pray that You would just bring light into their darkness and healing into their discomfort and their pain. And may You help them walk through this aftermath and come through to the other end as beautiful, refined gold. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you for coming today. And thank you, Tom and Aaron. And I love you so much. And we will see you next Sunday. Take care. Have a great week.